Hi, and welcome back to our next Fireside Chat. My name is Kevin Hill, Executive Publisher here at FreightWaves, and we're going to talk about sustainability with Andrew Stevens. He's the Executive Director of the Sustainable Shipping Initiative, or SSI, and it's all about bringing sustainability to the maritime and, and ocean carriers. How are you doing today, Andrew? Great. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for inviting me to chat with you. Great. Uh, Andrew, can you give a, give our audience a little bit of background about the, the SSI or the Sustainable Shipping Initiative and a little bit uh, background about yourself? Sure. Great. Um, start with myself, I guess. Uh, I'm the Executive Director of the Sustainable Shipping Initiative or the SSI. Uh, I'll use SSI from now on, it's easier. Um, and I've basically been in the maritime industry for close to 30 years. Um, most of those have been spent overseas, um, working in the industry part of uh, the sector, um, chief operating officer positions in the Wilhelmsen Ship Service Group, uh, based in Norway, and latterly in the Wallum Ship Management Group, based in Hong Kong. Um, chartered management accountant by profession, and in 2018, I joined the Sustainable Shipping Initiative, leading the Secretariat. The SSI uh, started in 2010 and was born out of one of its founding members, uh, Forum for the Future, a uh, sustainability NGO. Uh, the SSI became an independent entity, uh, non-profit uh, registered charity in the UK in 2013. And it's a member-led NGO focused on the long-term sustainability in the shipping sector and is made up of uh, 15 uh, like-minded and forward-leaning members uh, across the value chain, which are banks, classification societies, charters, um, ship owners, operators, shipyards, service providers, and NGOs such as WWF and Forum for the Future. Uh, and really the focus is shining the light on actions and milestones that are needed to bring about sustainability in the shipping sector over the long term, uh, the coming decades, very often pointing at activities or actions that are required beyond regulation uh, to secure that sustainable industry. And this is done through thought leadership, partnering and collaboration, both within and across the sectors, uh, really recognizing that no single entity or stakeholder group can solve this alone. Uh, we're guided by our roadmap. Uh, which the SSI developed in consultation with uh, other industry stakeholders. Um, we organize ourselves uh, through work groups, and currently we're focused on decarbonization, uh, which is in two parts. One is defining the sustainability criteria for marine fuels, the future fuels that's being considered. That is in partnership with CBS Maritime and the Green Shipping Project, and the availability of sustainable biofuels for shipping either as a, a bridge or a transitional uh, solution towards decarbonization or the longer term. Uh, human side uh, or the social side, we're, we're focused on an initiative which we're calling Delivering on Seafarers' Rights, which is in partnership with the Institute of Human Rights for Business, IHRB. And we also host a, an independent initiative called the Ship Recycling Transparency Initiative, which is focused on safe and responsible ship recycling at the end of life for vessels. Uh, 
Yeah. You mentioned thought leadership and SSI's uh, thought leadership. You guys do a report every couple of years on sustainability trends. Uh, the latest report just uh, was published a couple, three months ago. Uh, can you give us some key highlights to in, in, included in this year's report? Yeah, so the the um, this is our roadmap update that we, we launched first in 2016, and we conducted an update through through the end of 2019 and through 2020 and released that in uh, December of, of 2020. And this is really shining the light on six vision areas um, that the industry needs to focus on um, for that long-term sustainability um, and, and trying to balance that this is a focus in the industry on sustainability that's not just about decarbonization, which is clearly a very large um, spotlit focus right now uh, and a very hot topic. Um, but the roadmap emphasizes uh, the need for work across other uh, vision areas, ocean governance, port and coastal communities, seafarers, transparency and accountability, uh, sustainable finance, and of course, the energy uh, is one of the vision areas where decarbonization dominates. Uh, the roadmap for us is is not conclusive um, and it's not all-encompassing, uh, but we try to cover as much as possible the industry inputs and feedback and dialogue that we, we recognize uh, shows and, and brings examples of progress and areas of concern. So we have been updating the milestones across the vision areas. We now have 60 milestones and we encourage very much industry stakeholders to share an update with us, um, which we have a form for that on our on our website. Key findings, um, biggest challenges the maritime faces in its transition to sustainability that emerged is clearly, I already mentioned it, um, decarbonization. Uh, all of shipping is rallying around uh, this topic and its challenge, which is great because it requires every stakeholder across the value chain to contribute which is not only in, in the private sector, but also uh, collaborating and aligning, working together with the public sector. Um, so regulation, policy, etc. And we're governed in shipping by the IMO, which is a UN agency, um, but it's, uh, it requires all nations in most cases to, to agree uh, for regulation change to happen. So this is quite a massive challenge that the industry uh, is facing, and that's clearly emerge through our findings. Um, so, uh, go ahead. But before, we, uh, but before we jump into the energy, which is, is what I think the common person thinks of when, when yeah. we think of sustainability and transportation, yeah. uh, let, let's, let's touch upon the, the other parts of the, the sustainability uh, goals that the SSI has, one of those being sustainable finance. And can you speak to any trends or the trends in, in sustainable finance that, that you're seeing uh, roll out? Yeah, so it's one of the areas that we see progress uh, happening quite quick. Um, there's a coalescing around tools that the industry can use from the demand side, being the investors and the lenders. They're getting more engaged in asserting their own uh, principles and policies around sustainability and releasing uh, mechanisms and tools that can help engage uh, the financial sector with, with the shipping uh, operators and and we see a growing interest here for for that to happen in a more of a, a partnership basis rather than a 
you know, a stick. So there's this, the carrot and the stick um, elements, mm-hmm. um, but very much the, the the carrot is coming in where there are mechanisms um, stimulating progress, uh, the issuing of green bonds, uh, sustainability linked bonds or loans. Uh, there's also blue bonds. Um, and the use of these is becoming more and more uh, prominent in shipping. Um, so when you talk about green bonds and, and blue bonds, mm-hmm. uh, what exactly are the con- conditions for for being able to, to issue debt with a, a green bond or a blue bond? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's very much like all things, I guess, uh, you know, what gets measured gets actioned or gets done. Um, mm-hmm. So there's setting of targets. Uh, around some key sustainability indicators that are typically then agreed based on the business profile and the bank's profile or the investor's profile um, around that bond. So they'll be you know unique to to the, the deal um, where the use of the the funds that are being generated through the bond or the loan is designated for those ecological or ESG related. Um, investments and indicators which could be you know decarbonization uh, typically the Poseidon principles uh, which is a, a group of banks that have come together uh, who incentivize loans uh, in terms of rates and risk profiles based on performance of lowering carbon emissions through through a portfolio uh, perspective so it's uh, it's um, more geared on the incentive than than the stick, and mm-hmm. I think it's also about partnering, as I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, in terms of sharing how these things can be achieved. Because I think there are many small operators in shipping who, you know, through hundreds of years of operations, are doing things in the same way, but uh, actually need some support and help on how to do things differently. Um, to accelerate the transition to a sustainable um, shipping operation. Yeah, but the, the Poseidon principle, I, I like that name. It's, yeah. it's very catchy. It, it, it's good. Yeah. I, let's, let's talk about the smaller uh, ocean carrier owners mm-hmm. and the, the shipping companies and how the SSI is beneficial to, to, to how they do business now and how they should think about doing business in the future. Yeah, so back to our thought leadership role. We, we, we're not an activist or lobbyist uh, aimed at um, you know government policy, etc. So we're more leading by example, and the those across the value chain are sharing through their actions. Uh, they're sharing learnings. Uh, they're engaging collaboratively, speaking across the industry, and sharing their experience and findings of what works. In particular, their focus on you know. Not doing uh, doing good, not just not doing harm, uh, etc. And within the SSI, we welcome members across the value chain, even at different stages of their sustainability journey, um, because this is very much a, a collaborative environment where that learning is being shared, and we're joining the dots across the value chain, which can help some in 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 their sustainability journey accelerate that learning and accelerate the adoption of different policies or practices or, or, or planning uh, for different actions and perhaps embedding processes, you know, changing culture, et cetera, within their organization. Yeah, I, that's, that's 
those great uh, topics there. Let, let's let's switch over to energy. What, what most people like to, to talk about with sustainability, energy and fuel. And let, let's start off talking a little bit about IMO 2020 and uh, what you've seen so far with that rule and its effects. I, I know COVID has kind of changed what we all thought IMO 2020 might be for 2020. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think uh, we have not been so focused on the IMO 2020 um, regulation change or operation, uh, but more focused on the longer term uh, fuels um, that may be being considered for zero carbon shipping. But I think one reflection on the IMO 2020 is is that if shipping is to achieve its decarbonization and adoption of new technologies, uh, efficiencies, propulsion, and fuels, um, regulation is is a key part of that, as IMO 2020 on the sulfur cap, et cetera, is. Um, but the IMO, IMO 2020 sulfur cap took 12 years, I think, um, from its first discussion um, to be yeah. implemented. And, and shipping is traditionally slow to change. And uh, many of those small operators that you mentioned a few minutes ago, Kevin, are waiting for regulation before they change. So in terms of energy and transition, um, we need faster uh, decision making and, and policy adoption uh, and on a global level through IMO um, to really avoid regional um, regulation emerging, which was one of the issues around sulfur or SOX and NOx um, emissions. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Andrew, uh, we, we did an interview with you yeah. uh, not too long ago about SSI and your new report coming out. And you mentioned in that interview where you see in the future not one particular fuel winning out, but several, depending on region and kind of the natural resources of the area, technology in the area, different factors, right? Mm. Can you explain to our audience a little bit uh, about that conversation, you know, how we did that and your philosophy or thoughts on that. Yeah, so I think the challenge is, you know, shipping has been reliant on on heavy uh, fossil fuel, oil, uh, diesel, etc. For, for decades. And that has been very much the sort of end of the the um, production process of other fuels for other sectors and, and has enjoyed the same infrastructure, the sort of common choice of one or two, perhaps now low sulfur fuels, etc., cetera, are, are part of the mix that have added to that. Um, but going forwards, there's, you know, choices to be made around the technology uh, and the, the equipment that goes on board ship will take up different sizes of what is today cargo capacity. <clears throat> And some future solutions will suit very much short sea, um, inland waterways, uh, regional, local, coastal trade, um, which could be electric, batteries, etc. Um, but for deep sea ocean going vessels, there needs to be a different solution, at least based on today's outlook around electricity or battery uh, fuel cell technology. And it's not certain what the winning uh, combination or single uh, fuel will be. It seems that there's not going to be uh, a replacement silver bullet um, for today's situation. 
So there could be an array of fuels, uh, and that could be driven by decisions and assessments made by different segments within the industry, whether it's a container, liner trade, uh, tanker uh, trade, or then bulk tramping uh, trade, which vessels can go in different directions, even turn around and go back uh, in different directions. And that requires a different fuel supply infrastructure. Um, so I think we'll probably narrow down to one, two, or three. Uh, it may not be one, uh, which is why I mentioned there could be an array of fuels. Um, but I think we'll see that different segments within the industry will be making those choices, which will probably be a combination of investor influence, charter influence, as well as the ship owner operator influence. I think that's one of the most exciting things about uh, living through these times, uh, non-carbon fuels, alternatives, whether it's ocean or land transportation, there's no clear-cut winner, and there probably won't be a clear-cut winner for maybe a long, long time. There's going to be these intermediate stages where a number of different fuels are used uh, depending on on the situation and what makes economic sense. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So um, we, we talked a little bit about energy, a little bit about finance. What are some of the other really main points or main uh, segments for the, the SSI? Yeah, so we, we're, we're focused on, as I mentioned, the Ship Recycling Transparency Initiative, um, but also the human side, which is delivering on seafarers' rights. And, and really core to those two initiatives is transparency and accountability. Um, ship recycling is an end-of-life industry. It's one of the most hazardous parts of the shipping uh, sector, um, but it's hardly known to, to very many. Mm. And the practices that have been uh, exposed by others, um, more of the activist, lobbyist, NGO type, sharing their perspectives, their findings, their learnings, which is very important to expose, on the unsafe practices uh, within the industry um, and associated with different types and ways of of doing this, which includes a lot of manual labor rather than automation, etc., and 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 um, you know bits of ships um, being mm -hmm. released into the tidal tidal zone, etc. And and the Ship Recycling Transparency Initiative is a coalescing of the demand side back to the investors, the lenders, the charters and the carriers, the ship owners, shining the light and, and demanding um, and putting pressure on that supply side to, to bring about the safe and responsible ship recycling practices, but through transparency by the ship owners and allowing themselves to be held to account for their policies, their practices, and how they manage those processes to secure that safe and responsible ship recycling. Similarly, on the human side, the delivering on seafarers' rights, this is also a kind of hidden um, industry in many ways in terms of how a seafarer is engaged in, in shipping on typical contracts of four to six months and taking some time off, but then joining perhaps a different ship, perhaps a different ship owner through a different agent, through a different ship manager, etc., on different conditions and different ways of being looked at as a, a responsible worker, a key worker in the industry. Uh, COVID has uh, shone a light currently on the stranded seafarer situation, whereas mm -hmm. our work is looking on that transparency and accountability, not just for now, but on the longer term. So the 
systemic uh, issues around securing seafarers' rights and that they have a, a right for being heard, they have a right for remedy, etc., in terms of fair treatment and, and responsible um, employment. Certainly, these are all best practices for the, the, the maritime industry and going forward and making sure that the the everything is, to lack of a better word, sustainability uh, is built into the, the system. For our audience, how do they reach out, uh, contact you, and where's your website? How do people go learn more about the SSI and all the great things that you guys are doing? Yeah, so our website, sustainableshipping.org. Um, you can reach us there. There's a contact form uh, there. And we, as I mentioned earlier on our roadmap, um, we have a form for each of the vision areas where we encourage um, the sharing uh, of progress across the different, uh, different operations, different organizations. Please share what you are learning, what can help us share with others. And we are doing similar on our uh, work on defining sustainability criteria where we're about to launch our white paper and we will encourage engagement over, over, over a period where we can have contributions from the industry to help shape what is uh, sustainable criteria for those fuels. Uh, what's the timing for your white paper? Uh, we'll be launching that next week. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So so I encourage everybody to go out, learn more about SSI, go to your website. The white paper will be out uh, by the time this is, root, it, this is aired at, at the conference. So yeah. I encourage you to go do that. Thank you so much for your time today, Andrew. Great. Uh, take care and stay tuned for our next, next uh, fireside chat. Great. Lovely. Thanks, Kevin. Stay safe, everyone.